Well, my name is Chad, and I'm the pastor here at Bridgeway Church. And if you're a first-time guest with us, we just want to say welcome. We're really glad that you're here. This morning, I'm really excited, unusually, because I've been wanting to talk about this for a long, long time. We're in the fourth week of uh, Five Balloon series, and today is a balloon I've been waiting to pop for a long time. And you know, uh, the Holy Spirit just shared some words with me during uh, worship that I think his plans, even for this sermon, uh, go way beyond our house. I received a text yesterday from a leader that uh, someone out west who's been a part of a large move of God, some of the things that uh, he said about Bridgeway. The Father keeps showing me that because of Steve Jobs' influence on technology and cell phones that people can watch church now on phones, that what God's doing at Bridgeway because of internet, live streaming, is getting out into a lot of places. And I want Bridgeway to be a place that above all, we just are passionate about the things that the Father's passionate about. I don't want to be passionate about anything he's not passionate about. Small problem with that. You never outgrow, you never get to where he is. He can unravel your theology in a five-year span and then show you that he hasn't even started on you yet. He can go after your ideology and say, we haven't even started. And then he could say, why is your methodology the way that it is? I want Bridgeway to be a church that looks like the New Testament. That will be messy. Point two, that will be messy. And point three, that will be messy. Because most of the framework of the church in the West is effective but not biblical. And in this series, we've taken a look at the fivefold. Why is no one making disciples? And why are people believing in a salvific story of God where you wait to go to heaven when you die when the story of the gospel is that he brought heaven with him, established it here. We're a colony of heaven and that realm is supposed to be brought through us. And today, we get to the balloon of the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm really excited. You guys are quiet. Everybody all right? Clemson won, what's the problem? It's like a Dewey Decibel system in here. 22 years ago, I was a Baptist. How many Baptist friends do I have in here? How many grew up Baptist? I love my Baptist roots. I love them. As Baptists, we didn't like hardly anyone else. <laughs> Especially the other Baptist church that was like the crosstown rival. Y'all don't mind if I get away from religion, just talk a little bit. We didn't like other Baptist churches. We had no idea what Methodists were. We didn't know what they did. They had that flame on their signs. We didn't know what that was all about. Uh, we didn't even talk about the Catholics. You played them in church league basketball and you had to like, be careful. You're going to play the Catholic church. I, I promise you, no exaggeration, I never heard one sermon on the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit for the first 22 years of my life. If you, if that was your story, raise your hand. It's funny, y'all just come, you barely raise them. That's a lot of people. Raise your hand if you went the first, last 20 years, you never heard a sermon on the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit, or you grew up with that. Isn't it amazing? I marvel at the fact that the church can be successful and not do things the way Jesus did. Jesus focused on healing and deliverance and he taught the kingdom. 
You can have mega churches and not do any of the three things and then also preach against the baptism with the Holy Spirit as a separate experience. Bubba, last week, stand up. Bubba, stand up. Did y'all see Bubba on stage last week? Bubba, watch this. Just uh, say like the alphabet. Say like A, B, C, D. Just say something. Yeah, go. If I had Bobo's voice, I'd be on the cover of Charisma magazine right now. <laughs> Last week, I had to battle jealousy the entire time he was on stage. People say to me all the time, you sound like Dave Ramsey. I don't like the way Dave Ramsey sounds. I want to sound like Bobo. And the Lord God said to me this morning... If I talked like Bobo, I would walk up to people and say, hello, average man, how are you? I went home, was talking to my wife about it, and then she talked about it too much, and I was like, you need to stop talking about Bobo's voice. <laughs> 22 years ago, I was in Campbellsville, Kentucky, and another Baptist friend of mine snuck a book to me and didn't tell anybody else about it because as Baptist we like to consider ourselves Bereans we'll tell everyone else why they're wrong and we'll search the scriptures for ourselves the book that was handed to me from the father was a book by someone I thought was a heretic and a charlatan and weird and the title of the book was strange it was a book called good morning holy spirit by Benny Hinn If you would have told me 22 years ago that I would stand on a stage one day and talk about what I'm about to talk about, I would have thought that I had fallen off the deep end. And I did fall off the deep end. And Abba caught me and I fell in love and I started seeing healings manifest and I saw blind eyes open and signs and wonders became normal and pray for people and a wind start to blow. And But I want to tell you how it started for me. I want to tell you my story and then biblically prove why the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit is not weird and it is a separate experience from receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, it's not weird to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's weird not to. It's all about perspective. From heaven's perspective, heaven has no idea what church has become when you ignore a third of the Trinity. That makes a lot of sense. But what we've done is we've built religious systems that are based upon protecting the spirit of mammon. If megachurches start preaching the baptism of the personal Holy Spirit, it is, is, it'll cause a lot of uh, division. Azusa divided a lot of the church. And Jesus, he's all about peace, but he also comes to bring a sword. And I, I think... I think Bridgeway is in a position to where we, we can go one of two ways. We could all pitch in. I could go to some diet farm out west and start wearing skinny jeans and get a voice like Bobo and maybe just learn to talk a little bit better and focus, you know, be, become a phenomenal order and then just get amazing musicians and build a church around the orator. That's what most of the Western church does. That's why when the mega church pastor leaves, the church crumbles. But when Jesus left, the church is still growing. And, and so you can build an empire around someone's personality or you can build a movement around the person of the Holy Spirit. 
There's zero records of Jesus performing any signs, wonders, healings, and miracles before he received the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit. Zero. Everybody say zero. zero. In Greek, that means none. <laughs> Sinless, spotless lamb, beloved child of the Father, and he does no healings and miracles for 30 years until someone else shows up. And then he says to his disciples one night, y'all need to listen to me. It's better for you if I go for then he can come. And they said, who? I'm going to talk about he. I'm going to talk about the helper today. And I just want to submit this whole church on the altar because I promise you, I'm, I'm, I fall in the line of apostle on the fivefold. I'm not a pastor. People say all the time, I like it when other people teach so they really break it down. I'm not a teacher. Apostles are called to break new ground and go to where others, honestly, most of the time are scared to go. I'm going to pop this balloon so hard that I just want to present this entire church and whatever God does with us on the altar of a biblical view and not a spirit of mammon view or trying to get the approval of other religious leaders. If we don't hand this church to the person of the Holy Spirit, it will only go as far as we are competent to take it. But if we do what Jesus did, then honestly, it's like he said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, and he had that chat with him. He starts talking about the wind blowing. We will never fulfill what God wants in this house based upon learning leadership principles if it's not submitted to the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 22 years ago, he hands me this book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I prepare to dismantle it because when you're in your 20s, you know everything. Especially when you're Baptist. And I was going to perhaps even write Benny a letter telling him why he's wrong. Because that's the wise thing to do. We need to be girded up in our faith, strong, be like the Bereans. And I read about 15 pages and didn't know why I was crying. Read another 20, didn't know why I was shaking. Finished the book without going to bed. And I just prayed this prayer. God, if half of this is true, I want it all. I was getting ready to leave in that season and head to seminary. I could not spell charismatic. I did not know who Holy Spirit was. I knew that he was real, but I just figured that Holy Spirit's a person of the Trinity that's usually in a third world country somewhere. Because that's where you, all you hear about the Holy Spirit activity in most places. And I began to cry, and, and I actually coached flag football that summer with uh, fourth through eighth graders in a camp called Cross Point. And the next day, I started coaching and I couldn't focus. I couldn't talk. I felt out of, uh, I was hungry. I was just like, I, I remember saying, I want you more than I want food. I want you more than the air I breathe. I want you, Holy Spirit. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what to do. I just want you. You know, one of the, one of the most neglected principles in the kingdom is, until you get hungry, you're not going to experience much of anything. Most of us are like parasites, and we live off the experience or the knowledge of the person beside us. And at some point, you've got to want food for yourself. The second day, it got worse. And the third day is when I, I mean, I'm, I remember saying, I remember looking up to heaven going, what? I, I, I knew, I just knew something was going on. And we had a, a night off on that third day. Something about third day in God. I don't know what that is. God's like a part-time mathematician. 
I'm getting ready to read a book about all the numbers in the Bible. Anyway, on the third day, we were watching a movie called Dead Man Walking with Susan Sarandon. And the movie screen was this way. I could take you to the exact spot in Camelsville, Kentucky, where this happened. The exact chair. It was me and 22 teammates to the left of me. About the size of a New Testament extended family. And I was sitting there. And I was watching the movie, but not really. Have you ever been so caught up in the God you can't even hardly focus? And an audible voice in my right ear said, go to your room. I heard it. It was masculine. It was not faint. It was not in my spirit. I didn't see angel feathers do whatever. I didn't tingle. I heard, go to your room. I did not say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I, I, I just got up and went to my room. And when I got in my room, as soon as I opened the door, I fell on the floor and for over an hour and a half to about two hours, I thought I was going to die in the literal presence of Jehovah God. It's never happened before and it's never happened since. And honestly, I don't want it to happen. You know, Jesus is not a teddy bear. Have you read Isaiah 6? The train of his robe filled the temple and Isaiah was like a dead man. I know that I'm a co-heir, but he's God, I'm not. And there ought to be times in our lives where the fear of God doesn't have to be taught to us. We're just like, yes, yes, Lord. I cried so hard, I thought I was going to pass out. And after about an hour and a half, I didn't know what it was. I, I remember being so conscious of my sin. And after about an hour and a half, I felt, I don't know what it was, something touched my head. I was a Baptist. You understand, I didn't grow up around anything like this. Something touched my head, and I have never felt so clean in my life. And now, and man, this is what really got the R-naughts in trouble in Toronto. Now I can't stop laughing. <laughs> and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, and then I started yelling. And I just said, I want you, I need you. The friend that gave me the book did not know where I was. He walked into the room. When he walked into the room, he collapsed and starts weeping. And he hits the ground. He's weeping, I'm laughing. <laughs> if my Christianity is in a neat, tiny, religious box, it may not be Christianity. If my life is not supernatural to some degree on an ongoing basis, it's superficial to a great degree. There ought to be things happening in my life that I can't explain, nor do I really want to. What happened that day? I don't know. That was the day, though, that I knew the Holy Spirit was real. And this is how I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The next day, I said, and by the way, I had people on the team ask me if I was okay, because my eyes were dark. All I said was, I know it's real. Holy Spirit, I want to be best friends with you. Everybody say the word with. Here's a ring, May 24th, 1997. I became one with another person. When Delena walked down that aisle, and I'm thinking, I am so young, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not thinking of the three kids that are coming. I'm not thinking of pastoring a church one day. She's walking down the aisle, she steps up. 
onto the stage. It was a Baptist wedding. The minister was very formal. And as he's talking, I remember just saying, Holy Spirit, use us to change the world. And I started using terminology back then that I'd never used before. I actually started talking to Holy Spirit. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. You can talk to Father, you can talk to Jesus, and you can talk to Holy Spirit. He is the most neglected person of the Trinity. And we wonder why we don't walk in power. Here's why. It's not because we don't believe in him. We have not become one with Holy Spirit. Is the baptism with the Holy Spirit a separate experience from salvation with Jesus Christ? I cannot believe I'm having to answer this question, but yes. I have read over, I can't tell you how many books I've read by respected leaders and scholars and pastors and authors that say no. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit, I'm actually baptized into Jesus 189 times in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. When I say yes to Jesus, I become one with Jesus. He was my savior. I get baptized, immersed into Jesus. And then there's water baptism, right? Even Jesus' disciples are baptizing other people that have said yes to God. And as they enter the salvific story of God through the gospels, you see them being baptized in water. There's a baptism into Jesus Christ. There's a baptism into water. But then there's another baptism that does not show up in Matthew and Luke. It's not just in the synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Excuse me, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It goes beyond the synoptic gospels. It's actually in all four gospels. Two major themes you see in all four gospels, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus And then the other major theme of all four Gospels is neglected by most churches in the West. And that is the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit. So I don't want to just share stories and talk about people getting healed. We saw someone healed here recently. We see people healed a lot. This time last year, I saw a literal miracle manifest. An incurable disease was healed. I don't want to just talk about the... the, what Holy Spirit does. And I don't want to just talk about friendship through my own paradigm. I want to show you through four passages in the Gospels of how clearly this is presented. And the only, I asked my wife this morning, I was in the shower this morning, she's in there brushing her teeth, and I just yelled out of the shower, why do you think this is so confusing? And my wife, just a very wise person, her name literally means wisdom. Her name is Wendy. She said, Satan... I was like, that's a good point. (laughs) Do you want to know why Satan has so persecuted the message that I'm about to speak over the next 20 minutes? Because he knows the reality of the function of saying yes to this more than born-again Christians do. Before we go to the scriptures, let me ask you a question. Because some people in here right now, you're like, okay, well, I feel comfortable here. That guy's kind of cute and cuddly and funny. I kind of like him. But I'm not so sure I like what you're saying right now, Hoss. The Lord's showing me right now. There's a lot of people in here like, eh. uh, what do you mean it's separate? Let me, let me ask yourself a question so simple a five-year-old could answer it. Okay. Jesus, spotless, clean, son of God, lamb, he's our savior. If Jesus Christ needed to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I might should too. 
the reason people don't go after this is we love to create religious systems that we can control. And as soon as you say yes to the person of the Holy Spirit, you may actually start to see breakthrough the way Jesus saw it. And your life may actually die the way that you once knew it. You may actually belong to someone else now. And your own only assignment on earth is to be obedient to where the Holy Spirit leads you. We don't like that message because we love control. Women and men struggle with control. I, I love having reminders and having a calendar, but if I overplan my life, I give no room for the Holy Spirit to break in. So let's go to Matthew 3.11. I'd love for you guys to write this down, take this back, study this. This morning we saw, after teaching clearly on this, we saw, how many people would you say received the baptism with the Holy Spirit? 20, 25? It was awesome. You know what Jesus did? Man, I... Charismatics, a lot of times, just need to be quiet and don't be so demonstrative and just teach the message that Jesus taught. Before Jesus would heal people, he would actually proclaim the message of the gospel. People would be more uh, willing to step into truth if we would just speak it instead of acting weird and only sharing our own stories. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit actually brooded over the waters in Genesis. He created the solar system. He's not just some weirdo. Just because the only message of the person of the Holy Spirit you've ever heard is at 3 o'clock in the morning from some strange fella with a green shirt on, sweating like he's been through a sauna. Maybe you just need to look at the scriptures and and build our faith to believe in this through what the Word says, not just what through someone else says. So, thank you. Matthew 3, you ready? You scared me a little bit, but yep, you ready? Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. Now, the only thing you're going to hear be argue with water baptism is immersion or sprinkle. But no one's going to, I've never met any evangelical mainline thought system neglect baptism or salvation in the name of Jesus. But when it comes to what I'm about to read, this has split the church nine ways from Monday. Oh, my heavens. This infuriates the devil. But after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with. Everybody say with. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. This is Matthew, one of the synoptic gospels. Let's go to Mark. Let's build our case in Mark. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is real confusing, isn't it? (laughs) Most of your breakthrough is going to come through courage, not competency. But what we do is we build systems based upon intellectual capital and make things really confusing where people can't understand them and then they start to worship us because we're so brilliant and then the person teaching everyone is not even walking with the Holy Spirit the way Jesus did, yet making a living, leading tons of people in the name of Jesus and preaching against the thing that Jesus was so adamant about. So that's the second synoptic gospel, Mark. Let's go to Luke. And by the way, before you say, well, I just don't really have that personality. Luke is a doctor. He is a thinker. He's built like an engineer. If you are built more like an engineer, thinker, doctor, raise your hand in here. Awesome. If you're built like an artist, raise your hand in here. The baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit falls into both camps. He's the author of the solar system. He's actually very predictable. A lot of people think, well, God's not predictable. You never know what he's going to do. Oh, man, I'm not so sure about that. John answered them, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful then I will come in the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with, everybody say with, Holy Spirit and fire. We are now through the Synoptic Gospels. They're agreeing. 
In the synoptic gospels, most of the time, what you'll see is they start with the birth of Jesus and jump way ahead in the story. But then you get to John, who's not a synoptic gospel, and he really gives a lot more detail. And a lot of stories in John are not in the other three. But even with that said, look at what is in John that is in the synoptic gospels. Here we go. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. All four Gospels are so clear, you have to have the devil help you not step into obedience. Unbelief is agreeing with Satan. But yet I just worship and I say, you are my king and you are my God. And the Lord says, why won't you receive the Holy Spirit the way I so clearly laid it out? Well, you just got to be careful because then you talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and then you got to talk about tongues. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. The Apostle Paul wrote most, well, a lot of the New Testament, probably a third of it. Everybody that loves to rally around Paul's doctrine and ideology tend to forget that Paul wrote, I pray in tongues more than you all. Tongues is a heavenly language. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. But the first gift that comes is the gift of the helper. And with the helper come all the other gifts. The whole purpose of the baptism of the person of the Holy Spirit is to receive the one that carries heaven's economy. And as the governor on earth issues to you everything you need. Imagine me taking my family to Disney World, spending up to billion dollars. I cannot believe how much money that place makes. And we get there, and, Ruth, and Ruthie is a Disney girl. Ruthie, wave, everybody over there. Ruthie is a Disney girl. Let me tell you, this girl, I've never seen anything like it. Imagine us getting to Disney World. I take five fold-out chairs, and I said, man, this is awesome. We're going to sit here, and we're going to watch everyone else go through for 10 days. You would see my daughter on CNN because she held me hostage. It it would go wrong. You go to Disney World to go into the park and enjoy everything. To experience the intent of what was in Walt's mind a long time ago. Saying yes to Jesus Christ and saying no to the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit is more ignorant than anything I could ever acknowledge. And so here's what Satan's done. He's joined the message because he realized he couldn't defeat the church. So he just joined the church. Because for the first 300 years after the ascension, the Holy Spirit's going berserk. You got people popping up everywhere doing the same things Jesus did. And so Satan got together with his cohorts and said, we got to stop this. And started attacking the message of the Holy Spirit. And then it became strictly about doctrine and what you believe and make sure you believe right. And then some charismatics along the way started saying, wait a minute, whatever happened to the person of the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, back in the 70s, in the Episcopal Church, there was a huge move. What happened is, Satan convinced American Christians that the Holy Spirit's weird, and you better stay away from that or you may become weird. But now what the Father has done and is doing right now, he's turning that conversation completely over. And now I'm, I'm telling you, in my children's generation, it will become weird not to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. That God right now is dismantling the church in the West. You can record this, write this down. It will come to pass. A co- uh, there's been a couple of th- things I prophesied in the past few months that have already happened. The Father is tired of his church in America not reflecting what heaven deems normal. 
And I, I know that he's very nice and he's tender and the kindness of God leads man to repentance. But let me tell you something. Jesus also got that whip and he started flipping tables. Something has happened to the church in the West where Jesus has gotten lost in a religion that bears his own name. And you've got to start somewhere. It's not like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? You start with these four passages and you say, okay, I call myself a born-again Christian. I've been baptized into Christ. I'm in Christ. When I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm as clean as Jesus. Why do I not walk in any power? You want to know why? Because what you learn does not make you strong and powerful. Who you receive makes you strong and powerful. Paul says, I don't come to you in persuasiveness of speech like some orator like these Greeks. I come to you trembling. I come to you vulnerable. It's not me doing this stuff. It's the power of the one who knocked me on my face going to Damascus. Jesus did not walk in a level of power like we saw in the Gospels before he received the person of the Holy Spirit. He said, go in that upper room and wait. And when he comes, oh man, and he's coming, he's going to help you. Help us with what? To do the things Jesus did. The goal of my life is not to find darkness and run from it. The goal of my life is to receive the Holy Spirit and walk right into darkness. The church has become anemic. It's become impotent. It's because the, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. The church in the West has been, has been built upon the premise of get the best teacher up front. Take the one gift off the fivefold and build a whole movement around the teacher. Where are the seventh graders that receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and walk in so much fire that people are like, I have to have what you have. Discipleship is not learning another verse. You can memorize Galatians and walk in sexual sin your whole life and the whole book's about freedom. Or you can receive the person of the Holy Spirit and it's just, you just have something other people don't have. I've had an incredibly difficult last three weeks. I didn't know what it was until yesterday, and the Father showed me that it was spiritual warfare. I have just felt like I've been in a haze. It's because of what I'm preaching today, and specifically what I'm preaching next Sunday, which is women in ministry. And he's he shown me the, his design on this house. Satan can't stand this message. I, I mean, I lit, have you ever just been through a season of warfare where you can feel it? And yesterday, it wasn't a worship CD, it wasn't a book, it wasn't an encounter. I just said, Holy Spirit, I miss you. I'm telling you, it wasn't five minutes later. It was instant. I could feel stuff just leaving me. If you went to heaven right now and said, hey, uh, where's the Holy Spirit? They would look at you like you're crazy because he's on the earth with us. He's just waiting for us to say, I want you. Tongues used to be so weird to me. Now, not only are they not weird, I pray in tongues every day. It is so powerful. I'm actually decided, I was going to talk about it today. I'm, going to, I'm just going to preach another sermon on tongues here soon. Uh, a, a really good friend of mine who's had a lot of success because of the sovereignty of God and the Holy Spirit, him and his family, what they've stepped into, has never prayed in tongues until a couple of weeks ago. And the Holy Spirit told me the night before, he said, Chad, I want to use you in this person's life to help him pray in tongues, and I want you to teach it this way. He said, I want you to help break down the idea that when we learn foreign languages, you don't master a language right up front. It takes you a while to get used to that language. It's hard. A lot of people don't pray in tongues because you feel like you're supposed to pray like the Apostle Paul right off the bat. You may get three, four, five words, and then you grow into it to where you're really flowing into it. But you can receive the person of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and never pray in tongues. Not because that gift's not for you, but because you're not willing to get out of that boat. 
with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, everything in the kingdom, everything is predicated upon one word, everything, faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. You can't skirt around it. When it comes to tongues, when it comes to all the gifts, when it, when it even comes to the baptism with the person of the Holy Spirit, you have to pull a Simon Peter and say, I may sink, but I can't stay where I'm at. You might have been in a system to where you would have hated me even a year ago if you'd have heard this, but now you can't deny how real it is. At some point, you don't just sit there and say, well, if it happens, it happens. At some point, you, you step out of the boat and you say, Holy Spirit, I'm all yours. I want to be one with you. You see, the, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is more about intimacy and friendship than it is weirdness. He's not weird. He's brilliant. He's so brilliant. And I don't know why they are the way they are. I have no idea. They love for you to get out of the boat before they move. Going into intercession and saying, Pentecost come again, is ignorance. It's not coming again. It's already come. There's already a feasting table laid out before you. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, well then let's go. Let's roll. You want to pray in tongues? Let's go. You have to get out of your seat. It may cost you some weird seasons with your spouse. It may cost you some weird seasons with your friends. I will never forget when I prayed in tongues, I was like, I don't, how is Wendy going to respond to this? I woke her up the next morning. I said, hey, babe, how you doing? She goes, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You're never this happy at 6 a.m. I said, I prayed in the Holy Ghost last night. She said, you did what? And then my wife was praying in tongues shortly thereafter. We can either do this God's way or the system way, brother. Well, welcome to Bridgeway, brother. My name is Pastor Chad. Make sure you tithe, don't sin, and don't look anyone in the eye. Sit down, have a seat. Or, or you come in here, hey, tell me what the Holy Spirit's showing you. What breakthrough are you seeing? How about this? How about this? Have you ever thought that perhaps instead of going to another training seminar on how healing works, fall in love with Holy Spirit, admit your vulnerability, get low, he'll heal someone through you on accident more than you ever tried to do on purpose. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, BB's not here right now. Uh, BB is my personal assistant. She's like a daughter of us. And last night at my house I'm with, with some people there, I laid hands on BB's head. Her head got so hot on her 31st birthday. It was boiling lava hot. It was undeniable. I didn't say, okay, now I command your hand to get hot. I just lay, I just lay my hands on it. It was so hot. The Holy Spirit, it, he's not out there somewhere. He's right here. And all he wants is for you to say yes. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Here's how I want to do this. No music. We're not going to dim the lights. Get the spirit flowing. What does that mean? Get the spirit moving. I'm not even going to say, Holy Spirit, please come. Holy Spirit's right here. I'm not asking you to say yes to Jesus. I'm not asking you to say yes to Father. I'm asking you to say yes to, for Jesus Christ to baptize you with the person of the Holy Spirit. If you've never had that second experience in your life and you say, you know what, dadgummit, I can't take it anymore. I want you to come forward right now and I'll pray for you right now. Come on. Awesome. Come on. Awesome. This is awesome. 
Awesome. If, if uh, you consider Bridgeway home, would you just extend your hands and start praying for them out loud? Just pray for them out loud, and then I'll pray in just a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you would, just open up your hands down front, and if you just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to baptize me with the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be one with you. Okay, now I'm just going to speak a blessing over you, okay? In the name of Jesus Christ, may you walk in such fire the rest of your life that people know something's different about you. May you make the enemy terrified of your life because of your intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you just rest upon people. That they would even feel, some people just feel burning on their heads, burning in their bellies. Some of you are even experiencing a manifestation of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we love you. I pray for all these people up front, for all of them, that wherever you take them, they would just go with a new level of power, a new level of friendship, a new level of intimacy, a new level of expectation. Holy Spirit, we honor you at Bridgeway. We love you at Bridgeway. We thank you for who you are, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we give our lives to you. We love you. Father, thank you so much for the gift of the helper. I bless this house that we would never be ashamed of the person of the Holy Spirit all the days of our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. That's awesome. Why don't we stand today and I will speak a blessing over us. Uh, please remember to go online to give to these food kits for Gary. He's flying out in a couple of days, and we, we want to get the money to him as fast as possible. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you be as good of friends with Holy Spirit as he was and he is. Go in peace. God bless.